Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 169. Today, we're talking about how to enforce the rules mindfully in a special on-air coaching session. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark-Fields, Mindful Mama Mentor. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Course, and I'm the author of the upcoming new book, Raising Good Humans. Welcome. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome if you're new, and welcome back if you've been listening before. I am so glad to be in your ears today. This is a really special episode. You are going to hear from Alicia, nurse and a mom of three. And we look at some of the questions of like, well, what do you do when you have a child who is pushing the boundaries? How do you enforce the rules mindfully, right? And Alicia says, you know, that you know, she and her child, they go at it and we bump heads and his personality is much different from his older brother, who's a rule follower. So you get to listen as we talk about how to handle her five-year-old pushing the boundaries. And I really want you to listen for, you know, some of these important ideas. And one is how you talk is just as important as what you say. So how you say it is really, really, really important. We're going to, you're going to hear that in this conversation. You're going to hear about how to respond to yourself when you lose it and why that matters so much, right? 
And then I love this idea, and it's been so helpful for me and so many others recently, is this idea of to treat your child as if they are your friend's kid. Really interesting, right? Like, what does this mean? <laughs> so this is a very powerful conversation. I know you're going to get so many takeaways if you're new to the podcast, I have a lot of interviews. Sometimes we have solo episodes, and sometimes I do episodes like this where I take the coaching that I do with moms and dads sometimes, and I bring it on the air so you can get a taste of it. And so I hope you really enjoy this. And if you are interested, I want to let you know that at the time that this comes out, which is the end of May 2019, hello, future people, if you're listening. Well, I still have spots. I, I think I still have spots because I'm recording this ahead of time. So I may still have spots in my Mindful Mama Transformation Coaching Groups. And this is a group coaching program that I run where I get make small groups, maximum of six people. So there's a limited number of spots where we go through the steps and the stages to help you really walk the talk so that you are not struggling and wondering if what you're doing is the right thing so that you have the tools to feel amazing and alive in yourself and to also respond to your kids with confidence and be able to really truly walk the talk and thrive in your life, right? It's kind of going from this idea of, you know, our lives are too short to just be constantly just getting through the day, right? Like we want to be able to live fully and thrive and also have great relationships with our kids. So some of the the ideas that we talk about in this podcast on the honor coaching session, we will talk about in the, the group coaching program. And um, so there may still be spots left. If you would like to work with me or are curious about what this is, please go check it out at mindfulmamamentor.com slash group coaching. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash group coaching. And now, join me at the table as I talk to Alicia. Alicia, thanks so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad to have you. We were just talking about our local roots in in Bean Town. You're in Bean Town, so exciting, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think is I such know. a funny name for a town. Bean Town, dear listener, if you don't know, Bean Town is a nickname for Boston. And Alicia, do you think it's because of the baked beans? Is, is that the I point think of Bean so? Town? I know. I think so. <laughs> it's the baked beans. But they should definitely come up with a different <laughs> nickname for Boston because there's there's so much more than just baked beans. <laughs> so baked beans and so much more. Awesome. Right. I'm so happy to have you here. And you've been through the Mindful Parenting course and you have a small gaggle of little kiddos that have been that challenge you every day, just as my girls challenge me every day. So I wonder if you it would be a good idea to just kind of start off with just like we do in our mindful parenting course, like what are, what are your wins? What are, what can you lean into and acknowledge that you're just appreciating about your, your path and, and all that's going on for you? Sure. Definitely. I would say one of the wins that it's funny, we talk in the mindful parenting about touch and I have two boys and one thing that I never realized really was important was giving them hugs. I know that sounds like like a normal parenting thing to do, but um, I just recently have been really focusing on making sure that 
before they leave the house, really kind of telling them, you know, I love you and giving them actual physical love. Because Mm -hmm. with boys, it can be something that you just sort of like forget about. Mm -hmm. And I think almost having my third child, which was a girl, kind of also helped me realize that um, girls are just different than boys in the sense of their wanting physical touch and wanting to be comforted. And, and sometimes we kind of take on that stereotypical parenting style with boys where we're just sort of like, yep, you're fine. Let's go off to school. See ya. Yeah. Bye. Mm. And I, that was one thing in the mindful parenting course that I was like, geez, maybe I'm not giving them enough of that, like, you know, physical touch and comforting when they are sad or when they are angry. Cause I feel like boys display their feelings much differently than, than girls. And, and, you know, instead of me sort of kind of getting angry with them, I've been really sort of trying to just comfort them and say, Hey, what is going on? Why are you feeling this way? Let's, let's talk about it. And, um, and one of your recent podcasts, the the anger podcast was like huge because it was like just reminding me that it can turn into this kind of explosive thing where sometimes if we sit back and, and say to our kids, listen, I'm here, whether you just need a hug or if you need a kiss or if you just need me to even just be present here, I can do that. But I don't need to get angry with you. (laughs) And that's something Mm -hmm. that I've really been, I feel like has been a huge win through Mm -hmm. the mindful parenting course is really trying to not jump on the bandwagon of getting angry. And and that's something that I've really, that was one of the main reasons why I joined because I felt like I was getting angry with my kids, you know, instead of helping them with their problems. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty normal. Like we culturally, we tend to look at children, you know, we all kind of live in this sort of same cultural soup that looks at children and says that that behavior is like, uh, it's either good or bad. And we are, we were put in this place to sort of judge it. And we're kind of taught that we kind of have to control it and things like that. And we, we don't ever start to say like what, what's causing the behavior, right? We, we always culturally, I'm saying, you know, like in that big picture, it's like, and we all live in that. So with that, it's no wonder we, we just take that on. But I love that the, you're, you're looking at that sort of, I'm, I'm so happy that it's helped you look at that physical comfort and touch piece. I mean, and that's, that's really beautiful because yeah, I mean, we can, you know, just as we just live in this sort of cultural milieu and we can unconsciously take on sort of ideas about boys and girls and that can be, we don't even realize it, right? So that's- Right, and that's what I think that was a huge thing that it's like I just wasn't even realizing that I was doing this, that, you know, it was sort of like, um, you know, I'd send them off to school and sort of wasn't even giving them that moment to like sort of, give me a hug or, or, you know, they were going to bed and giving them a kiss and stuff like that, that you just think that they're getting older as boys, like you do it from a certain age point and then they start to get older and you're like, okay, yeah, go to bed, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, wait, you know, they, they need that. They need that physical 
touch that feeling that their mm-hmm. parents are mm-hmm. present. And so that's been huge for me. That's cool. Um, and so are they yeah. responding to that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, kids are different and mm-hmm. all three of mine are completely different, <laughs> but and their age is seven, five and two right now, right? Seven, five and two. Yep. We're seven, five going on 21 and <laughs> two turning into a teenager. So, but that's I mean, that happened like, at three. Yeah, Oi. Yeah. It's like know. three and 13. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so I, I feel like my, it's definitely helped with my older one, but the most impactful child that it's, that I've seen it most working on is my middle. Mm -hmm. And, um, he's just kind of a real boy, boy. My older one has that, um, sensitive side to him. He's really very good about communicating how he feels. And, you know, we do a lot of talking, whereas my middle one tends to be kind of rough and tumble. And I never realized how much he really needs that physical touch and how much he really thrives on that. I mean, at night, we'll kind of lay together and kind of talk about the day. And I'm like, I can't get over the transformation. He just turns into this like delicate flower like at night. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is what you probably all day had this like, you know, personality that you're putting out to other people and you're trying to keep up with it all day. And then it's like, he finally just has this release at the end of the day where he is just completely snuggled up with me, kissing me, hugging me. I love you, mommy. You know, and it's like, we weren't doing that because I feel like a lot of our time together was kind of button heads a lot because it was like, you know, I wasn't understanding probably what he needed. And I think that's what he did ultimately need to some degree. Um, Was you know, connecting. He really wanted, yes. uh, he needed, needed that connecting. That's beautiful. There's, mm-hmm. um, there's a documentary. I haven't seen it, but I've heard so much about it. Oh yeah. It's called the, that you might want to watch. And also mm, definitely. boys, it's called the mask you live in. Oh, okay. And um, it's to. about, it's about manhood, basically, the mask you live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you might want to check that out. That's cool. I definitely so. will because a lot of times, and I'll make my husband watch it with me because mm-hmm. he was, um, he's one of three boys. And so, you know, sometimes there's, he kind of will say stuff to me like, you know, you're being too sensitive with them and they're fine and just kind mm-hmm. of is used mm-hmm. to growing up in that boy lifestyle where it's like, brush off, brush it off and off you go and stuff it down and (laughs) have it come out in aggression later. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, and so, but it's interesting because I feel like he, with me doing this mindful parenting course, you know, I've told him a lot of different, I've actually referred a lot of your uh, podcasts over to him. I'm like, listen to this one. This one's a good one. (laughs) But even the discipline one just kind of saying like, listen, certain styles are outdated and I don't agree with them. And I just think that, especially with my middle, it's really a matter of communication 
and offering that moment to say, tell me what is going on and Mm -hmm. really kind of investigating it rather than saying, that's it, you know, go to your room and, Mm -hmm. you know, the punishment style. So I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. So my husband's had hair thinning issues for years, for a long time. It's not something he'd love to have, and he's done some things for it. But recently, he started using Nutrafol, and oh my gosh, we have actually seen quite a difference. Did you know that for women, hair thinning happens in approximately one in two women? And if you're among them, I want you to know that you're definitely not alone. It's normal, but it's not openly talked about and going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. But you can join over one million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding, like my honey. Physician formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supplements support healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, including stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism as they evolve throughout a woman's life. And while many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol's women's hair growth supplement for six months. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription required, free shipping, and automated deliveries to ensure you'll never miss a day. See results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code MINDFULPARENTING. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code MINDFULPARENTING. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code Mindful Parenting. 
Yeah, yeah. So that that kind of leads us to the challenges, Alicia. I'm so glad that this wins of that comfort and that's great. I love that. And I like that you're starting to like tame your own anger, you know, because that's so, so crucial. I mean, and and I, I speak from personal experience with that too. So <laughs> there's no, mm-hmm. no stones being thrown, but let's look at what are some, what are some of the challenges coming up now? And let's think, let's think about how we can kind of help and tweak some of the, your approaches with that. Sure. I know it's interesting how you, I always say to other moms that it's like you go in so many highs and lows. It's like you're going through and you're, you're parenting and you're like, wow, we really are connecting. We are, we are doing great. And then, and that's how I felt last month. (laughs) I was like, you know what? Like we are totally getting it everyone's, you know, getting along nicely. And lately it just seems like we're sort of getting off the path. And I think one of the biggest things is, um, sort of we're running into issues with rules, rules Mm -hmm. and regulations of the household. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and I know that's, um, a common thing for, for most parents, but I, I swear it's like the nice weather brings out this, like, Woo! <laughs> Let's go. You know. Actually, and I think the same thing is happening in my house too. Oh, really? <laughs> Good weather yeah. and some like yeah pushback. <laughs> yeah, and it and it it's crazy because it's like it's like you wait for it too because like the one nice day I'm like ah yes let's get outside and we don't have to come inside until it's like the sun's going down and this is great. But, um, but then it's hard reeling them back in because it, it is like the, what we're running into lately is we're having issues with, um, some of the rules in regards to where we can walk to by Uh ourselves, where we can ride our bikes to. Um, and then also like bedtime has been really difficult because it's wanting to, I swear the time change just completely throws everything off to some degree it seems like we're going to bed later and later. And I'm like, I can just see it in my kids. Like they're just exhausted. And, you know, it's so, so specifically one, one particular instance recently was um, my middle one wants to walk to school and we are close enough to that I would not allow him by himself to walk to school. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably not even allow him with my older son who's in first grade. Um, it's first grade in kindergarten, my two boys. I probably would not let the two of them walk together um, per se. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe if I walk them halfway, but there is a neighbor that's in second grade that walks with his sister who's in kindergarten. And I do feel comfortable because I feel like this boy has been doing it since he's like been in first grade and he sort of has that personality where he's kind of, you know, he's kind of like the caretaker of the children. He's like, okay, everyone stay on the sidewalk, this, that. What I'm running into is for instance, one day I kind of, you know, followed them to school (laughs) just kind of halfway to make sure that, you know, that he's staying kind of, there's no, uh, like they do a cut through and then there is no sidewalk. So it's like, you know, I've talked to him like, yeah, you have to stay. There's, everyone's going to school. Everyone's going to work. People aren't looking. You need to stay on the side or else, 
you know, I, I'm not going to allow you to do this anymore. This is a privilege. I'm letting you walk to school. That's a big deal. You're only in kindergarten. And, and at times I go back and forth where I'm like, am I making the right decision? I mean, he's, he's my child that thrives on autonomy. He wants mm-hmm. to be an older kid. It's mm-hmm. always the way he's been. He just, whereas my older one would prefer if I held his hand and walked to school, you know, it's yeah. like one extreme to the next. So, um, you know, we just, we ran into an issue that day. I, I said, I, I watched you. I, I finally caught up to them and I said, I, I watched you. You weren't, you weren't, you were out in the middle of the street practically. I said, this is a safety issue and we, we can't have you doing this. So I, I think we're going to have to kind of cut back and, and kind of have a talk about whether we can let you walk to school or not. And then the next day, um, I probably should have made it more specific to him that like, you're not walking to school tomorrow, Mm, but I sort of with him, it's like, I just meet so much resistance that sometimes I get so almost frightened to kind of say to him, like, yeah, sorry, this is sorry. You lost your privilege. Cause it's like, I'm so afraid for the backlash. Yeah. But, um, the next day I said, you know, I think I'm going to, um, I, I want today, I'm, I'm not working today. I want to drive you and your brother to school. And, and he just sort of was like, saw my neighbor, you know, a couple doors down outside. And he's like, oh no, I'm going to walk with him. And he, off he like ran, like took off. Oh my! And I was like, okay, well, so I'm like, you know, I, and meanwhile, it's like I, my daughter like had just gone to the bathroom and needed a diaper change. And I'm like, I see him with him and they're starting. So I ended up driving to school, but I drove very slowly and went where I could see him coming through the cut through. And I watched him and he did do a good job that day walking with my neighbor and my neighbor's um, daughter. And they went, you know, to the the um, crossing guard across the street. And I saw him at, um, before he went in, cause I had drove my son and, and parked and, and I said, I'm just really disappointed. And I said, I just, I can't believe you just left like that. And he was like, well, I told you I was walking with him. Mm. <laughs> he he so thought that was okay. He thought it was cool. He, right. <laughs> yeah. he, he I think probably fully thought I'm good, you know, okay, yeah. I'm walk to school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so this, this has just been kind of like, I mean, this is mm. more something that just happened this week, yeah. but this has sort of kind of been accumulating. It's like every day there's kind of a new issue where it's like, he just wants to be more like, you know, just yeah, the other he day wants wrote, that autonomy right. and he's mm-hmm. just kind of expecting it. He's not checking in with you about it. Is that it right. like, that's right. one of the issues, right? Is that he's not, yeah. there's not a, like a clear line of communication over what's, what's the what's, next boundary kind of thing. Right. Exactly. And mm-hmm. then like we did, like I talked it over with my husband at one point, um, I think like two weeks ago when we had an issue, the weather got nice and they wanted to ride bikes. And I said, okay, that's fine. I said, on the sidewalk and you can, you know, one of my neighbor's houses that's on the corner. I said, you know, the Joyce's, you cannot go past the Joyce's house. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I look out at one point and he's rounding the corner and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just like, so when he came back, I said, I'm, 
I yelled to him and then he rode back and I said, I'm sorry, we're going to have to put the bike away. I said, you just, you just broke the rule. And it was like, mm-hmm. you know, he's mm-hmm. like, you're, you know, he kind of gets very angry. You're mean. Says, yeah, kind of you're stuff. mean. Yeah. You're mean. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're crazy. Oh, <laughs> you're my. crazy. I'm mm-hmm. old enough to ride. And he's like, I know you said their house, but I just turned over. Like his is always like, I just is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's one of those kids. But I just, you know, I just was rounding it a little bit to see who was over at so and so's. So he went upstairs, was very angry, and of course now I'm very angry because I'm Mm -hmm. like, he just is not listening to me. Like I'm. So it took me some time, but I had to kind of just like really think it through before I, because I'm like, I know if I go up right now, Mm, this is going to be a big fight because (laughs) he is, he and I butt heads and, and I just know the way that he acts. And so I, you know, kind of had to sit and think, why is he doing this? what is the situation? And I thought the situation is, is a lot of the neighbors in my neighborhood are older. Mm-hmm. There, there's, you know, maybe one or two girls that are kindergartners, but the boys are all first grade, second grade, third grade. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think he's just really trying to kind of live up to this, you know, live up yeah. to what they're doing. But you know, once I finally calmed down, I went upstairs, we talked it through, but I just feel like he's the type of kid that sometimes even, even though we talk it through, it's like, I don't want to, and that's where I'm running into my, my issue right now is that I don't want to use punishment and I don't want to mm-hmm. say, that's it. You, you know, you're not riding your bike for, mm-hmm. for a week. And, yeah, yeah. And, and I, and I have friends that do that. They love, telling their kids, I mean, my kids are obsessed lately with um, the word ground, grounded. Oh my. I was like, am I going to get grounded? And I'm like, I don't even think like what, like at that age, I, I just feel like at their age, they don't even understand what that entails. Like, yeah. like they can't even understand that concept really. So, you know, he was all like, am I getting grounded now? And I'm like, no, but we're going to have to review what privileges you might lose. And so I just, I feel like I'm struggling with what is going to be the best discipline method for him with his desire to gain more autonomy. And he's more of a reward child where it's like, I have to sort of say, you did a good job riding your bike. I'm so proud of you. Okay. You get to do, but it's like when he does the wrong (laughs) thing, I don't know how to, mm. you know, I forget, I forget mm. to do the reward thing because I get so hung up on the, what he did that was wrong. Well, both, um, both reward and punishment are killers of intrinsic motivation. So mm-hmm. there's like 40 years of research on that. So both, That's good both, to know. <laughs> yeah, both reward and punishment, they, they, they kind of kill our inner desire to do something for its own sake. So, so don't, don't feel bad about not being good at reward. That's good. <laughs> but it sounds like everyone wants to do the charts. Everyone like, yeah, oh, they, sticker charts <laughs> are, they've made tons of research on how, how they, they are bad for learning. I mean, it, they really, there's so much research on that. Somehow we still persist on it, but reward and punishment, they actually kill that intrinsic motivation. So what you, what you want 
rather than extrinsic motivation, right? Like I'm going to do this because if I get caught, I'll get in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. Or then that extrinsic motivation leads to uh, kids, you know, lying or sneaking and things like that because the motivation is to just simply not get caught. Right, right. right. And I don't want him to think that. I don't want him to, because someone was like, well, he obviously doesn't like fear you. And I'm like, correct. I don't want my child to fear me. No, no. So let's go back to the, the, you know, the basic definition of discipline, right? Which, uh, you know, if you go back to the Latin roots of discipline, it means to teach um, someone, a disciple is a follower, right? So we want to think of, you want to think of yourself as a teacher or a coach or a mentor, like you're teaching your, your little son about how to kind of get along in life and how to, how to do this thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're, you think of yourself as someone who's teaching him about the boundaries and teaching about the safety and teaching him about why and what and how of this. So what we want to think about is kind of the natural consequences of this. And I think you handled that pretty well. I mean, him going further than the, um, the boundary and him not then being able to bike the, then at that afternoon seems like a real natural consequence because he showed you he wasn't able to mature enough to be able to handle that boundary right in that moment. So mm-hmm. not being able to bike is a, a perfect natural consequence to that. And if you can if that can happen without sense of like drama, blame and shame, all the better, right? Like I Mm -hmm. am. Oh, sorry, buddy. This sucks. I know you hate Mm -hmm. it, but yeah, I can't, you know, I, your, your hands are tied. You can't let him bike. If you know, you know, he's not going to be safe with it. Right. Yeah. So I like the way that you just said that because I, I tend that when I, when I do give him the consequence that I, the delivery is so important Mm -hmm. because sometimes it's like, I'm like, Nope, the bike is going away. We're all done with the bike, you know? And it's like, you know, any any normal person is going to be like, Oh my God, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) And it's hard because your, your, your stress response is triggered, right? Right. You're seeing Mm -hmm. him and you're, there's, there's fear and things like that. I mean, me too. It's hard for me too, to Mm -hmm. like kind of be on the, to, to kind of get a little bit more detached about some of those things. And I get frustrated and triggered by my kids too. It's totally Mm -hmm. natural. But the more you can start to kind of, and especially with him, you know, this is going to happen again and again and again. So you can kind of plan ahead for, okay, when these things happen, you know, I'm just going to deliver the message with empathy um, Mm -hmm. as much as you can, because it's not, there's, there's not really much you can do about it. If he, if he can't, abide by the natural, the boundaries that are going to keep him safe, then there's no, you have to, you know, that's your job. You got to make sure he's, 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 you know, not going crazy with it. And I think that, you know, it sounds like you're, you're walking that path really well. Like you're, you're, he wants to walk to school and you have this neighbor. And so you're, you're, you know, you're saying, okay, well, I'll, I'll make sure he's safe. And and that's really the way you want to do it, right? You want to first, First, when we're teaching them how to do anything, whether it's walk to school or do the laundry or ride the, all those things, like first we do it for them, right? Mm-hmm. Then, then we do it with them, and then we are there by them by their side and watch them do it, and then they do it on their own, right? So these yeah. are kind of the four steps. We, you know, we do it mm-hmm. for them, 
we do it with them, we watch them, and then they do it on their own. And so you're just in the middle of that process, and that makes a lot of sense for for where you are right now. And and you can, I think this sounds like a good place to have a good conversation with him about, hey, buddy, you know, this you could even use in that kind of beginning a new process where you first you talk to him about, you know, water his seeds, what you appreciate about him and mm-hmm. what he's been doing. And then you share your own regrets. You might share your regret about yelling and then talk to him about your concerns and difficulties in a way that's not blameful. You know, mm-hmm. this is what's going on. I know, I know there's a lot of older kids out there. You want to, you want to do all the things they can do, but I have to, it's my job I have to make sure that I want to let you ride your bike and I want you to be able to do these things, but I have to know that I can trust you to be safe in, in the boundaries right. that I give you. No, right? That sounds, I know it's I mean, <laughs> so nice. That's okay. This is recorded. Exactly. You can listen back. <laughs> That's right. This is true. I'll be like, hold on for one second. Let me just, just pull that episode back up. Let me but, 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 but no, but, yeah, but really, just, honestly, I might have to come back and like write this down so I can practice it because it's yeah. just like in that moment, you're so, you know, I really like how you just said, like, it's my job. Like I'm, you know, and that's what I like. I couldn't come up with that one day. Like I was so in a heat of passion and so angry that it was like, I am your mother. (laughs) You better respect me. You know, like that. And it's like, that's not, you know, that's, that's the old school. And that's what I don't, I'm trying so hard not to do that. And, and that's like came out of, you know, like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just, said that it's like okay. you know it's close to the surface right because that's probably how you were parented right mm-hmm. no one told us the truth about parenthood why this is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here whew, there is a lot to unpack i'm rachel shepherd and i am your host for the podcast no one told us where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, 
tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. So so it's a habit. It's a it's a literally a neural pathway in your brain that's pretty well worn because mm-hmm. it was part of how you grew up. And yeah. so it it is really close to the surface and so you're right that actually it does take kind of some forethought and some practice to to access, you know, those other thing, you know, this this a, a better way of communicating. It does take right. some some kind of some forethought and practice. So that brings me to the sort of mindfulness part because we know that that's a great tool for helping us be able to slow down, helping us to access the parts of our, you know, that verbal part of our brain, that thoughtful right. part of our brain, rather than getting hijacked by our fight, flight, or freeze. So how is that going for you, that, that mindfulness practice piece? You know, that is, is definitely going well. Um, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely difficult. The times when, you know, like I said, the highs and lows of parenting, it's like the highs I'm like, you know, I'm being so mindful. I am just really doing everything perfect. And then it's (laughs) like you hit, um, you hit a low where you're like, okay, I'm just totally lost this. And, but, um, it, it is going well. I, one thing that I do struggle with is trying to meditate and I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, I've, I, I've attempted the early wake ups and it seems like no matter how early I get up, my kids always hear like, (laughs) you know, a crack in the floorboard and they're like following (laughs) me. But I do like the idea of, I've, I've tried to kind of like do it sort of with them. Mm. Um, but that, that, that hasn't really worked out too well, (laughs) but I can't remember who it was that you brought on one time that talked about, I actually have done it, meditated a couple times in my bathroom. And that is like, (laughs) not while I'm going to the bathroom, but, but I, I found that, um, it's kind of a good spot because I kind of can like lock the door and I'm like, I'm in here. I'm sorry. And then I just sort of like turn on like the fan. Oh, nice. Perfect. Yeah. noise. <laughs> yes. And I'm just kind of like, okay, like this is like, I am, you know, finally having, and, and even if it is five minutes, it's like the rest of my day, it changes the, my attitude for the rest of the day because the rest of the day when agitated or annoyed. It's like, I go back to those five minutes that I had and I'm like, well, no, don't say that you didn't have any time alone. Cause you did, you had five minutes of meditation and that was awesome. You know, like, mm-hmm. so I feel like okay, that cool. I have to remember to do that because, you know, sometimes it seems like it's just, that's one of my hardest things as a mom is just feeling like I don't have any time for myself. And that's like, um, but if I do that starting out, it's like my day definitely starts differently. It's, it's like the whole tone of the day is now on a different path. And you have to Um, think of it like 
exercise, right? Like a right. practice, like going to yeah. the gym, you know, it's mm-hmm. something that we, a muscle that we build with practice and, you know, your daughters too, but soon, soon, <laughs> soon you'll get to the soon. place. <laughs> but I'm one thing, almost there. you can be creative about it too. And one thing you get, I love the bathroom thing, but also, you know, I, you work as a nurse, right? So yes. one thing you can do if you um, think about it is you can, uh, make it a practice to just leave um, 10 minutes earlier and not squeeze an errand in <laughs> and sit in the parking lot oh, of where you car. go. Just sit in, the, sit in the car. Mm-hmm. You can use a guided meditation to kind of help you come into that moment a little bit more, make it a little more maybe sacred considering that um, you are in the car in a parking lot, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and then just sit back and, you know, put the chair all the way back and just allow yourself to, that, that can be nice to kind of take that, that moment. And another practice that can be really nice when life is very full, like yours is with, you can, um, working with um, your workplace again is like, say you get there a few minutes early. Another practice that's nice is to practice a walking meditation on the way into your office. Or, oh, or that's a good idea. whatever it is. And mm-hmm. so you just like from the car, just walk kind of slowly and quietly and feel your breath and imagine your feet, you know, kissing the earth. Thank you, earth, for being here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and just sl- take that time to slow yourself down because often we we're like rush. We're go- you're going through Boston traffic. Oy vey. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's great. I know what that's like. <laughs> and oh, yeah. And then you can maybe then then take that time when you get there, if you can arrive a few minutes early, to stop and slow everything down. And maybe if that is because I'm trying to think of what you could do that can be a regular habit that is, you know, something that you can remember, right? That after maybe right. a three or four weeks of, of sticky notes to remind you, then you're kind of in the habit. <laughs> right. No, I, I that is a good point because... Well, it's funny because oftentimes going into work, I'm listening to your podcast. So, <laughs> so that's often when I'm like, okay, that's uh, this is good. But um, but I do like the idea of getting in the car and doing it um, that way, you know, um, mm-hmm. sort of just sitting there and like just having that moment because cause it is stressful, like getting in the car and then having, cause a lot of times with me, it's like I get in my car and it's like, I've got to go, I got to rush. I got to go to pick up. And mm-hmm. even if it is like five minutes of just sitting there before I'm getting involved in the traffic and all the stress of going to pick them up and, and starting, you know, everything, um, just having that time to just sort of like think things through. Or that's a great time in the car for sigh breaths. So mm-hmm. for the listener, sigh breaths are uh, just, they've done some research on sigh breaths too. And, and the, it's kind of funny, the louder and more dramatically you sigh, the more it helps you <laughs> change your brain chemistry and help you into that rest and relax response. But it's something that's a little awkward to do when you're with other people because they're like, what? Mm-hmm. What, what is she doing? What's your problem? <laughs> right. But it's great for the car. You know, you're like... Mm, yes. <sighs> okay. You know, and it feels, it feels good. Right. Well, you know what I've done is, um, one of the podcast episodes, I always forget who, what person it was, but someone that you had on, um, had talked about too, about the nasal breathing. And it was like about like one, you block like the right, 
and then yeah. keep the left open and you breathe in. One's for like relaxation and one's for more like energizing. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely been doing that. Um, when I, and, and, and I try to do like, remind myself of the breathing when I have that moment of like, I am ready to lose it. And I just have to like, you know, and it's funny because my son, my middle one said to me the other day, don't forget three candle breaths. Oh, that's so great. I love that. It was so, it was so cute, but so annoying. <laughs> no, no, I, I, like, I imagine. Oh yes. Yeah, so I was like, thank you for reminding me that, you know, but thanks. But thanks it, a it lot, is kid. good, right? Right. <laughs> but it is, it's like, I'm really, and I think my kids are picking up on it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they are, maybe they're not because mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, the highs and lows, and this has been a month of lows to some degree of some times, and I haven't been mindful. And, um, you know, and, and that's one thing I worry about is like, you know, when you do have those moments where you lose it and, it, and, and I lost it last week, I had a moment and I was like, oh my gosh, that was like an outer body experience. And then it was like, I had to bring myself back and say that it is okay to, to once in a while do that. Cause I used to do it all the time. I'm like, Hey, this is good. Like I used to do this all the time, but now my kids are older and they see it and it's like, Oh wow. It's, you know, I, I really am like almost embarrassed. I'm like, I can't believe I just did that. Like, Oh my gosh. And, um, you know, I actually took the time to sit down with them, you know, the, my two older ones and sort of was like, listen, mommy just had a full on tantrum. Wasn't that ridiculous? And they were like, yeah, like, what was that? (laughs) Like, I'm like, you know what? I just, there's a lot of things going on. I said, you know, um, I said, and I kind of like laid it out for them, the couple of different Mm -hmm. things that were stressful. And, and, And the thing that finally put me over the edge was we were making, I don't know, banana bread or something. I was like, oh, you want to make banana bread? Sure. Let's make banana bread. And my son was mixing the bowl like frantically. And I told him three times, I'm like, you know, it's, you gotta really just hold it, hold it. It's gonna. And then all of a sudden it just went everywhere, all over the kitchen. Great. And, and it was just like, that was like the straw that broke the camel's back, but it was like, I didn't need to lose it over that. It was, that's not what I was losing it on. And that's what I said to him. I, I finally was able to, you know, calm down. And I said, but I'm not, I don't care about that. Like, I don't mind cleaning up a mess. I said, it's, it's other stuff that's going on that's in the back of my mind. And I said, and I'm really sorry that I just completely lost it on you guys. I said, I had a tantrum in, you know, so my, I get so uh-huh. worried now is that like, is, you know, are they okay? <laughs> like, are they going to survive mm-hmm. after my tantrum? Because yes, you know, you're yes, just <laughs> Alicia, that's, that's a beautiful <laughs> response to that really, because you showed them, I mean, you're not, you're not expected to be perfect. You know, we're really going for good enough, right? Because yeah. you, what's beautiful about that is that you showed them like, you're a human with feelings and you know, you, you have the full range of feelings too. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and it, what you also showed them is that it's okay. It's okay to be human. It's okay to make mistakes. And this is how you repair from mistakes. And they need to see that they need to see the example of 
repairing from mistakes because they're going to lose it. And they, they want, you know, they need to have a model for how to, how to clean it up when, when they lose it. Right. Right. are recriminating, you know, if you, of yourself, if you are harsh on yourself and mean to yourself after losing it and you don't create that repair and connection, it's, you know, they call it rupture and repair. Like you have this rupture in your relationship, but when you repair, you know, it brings back that connection and that closeness. And that's, that's everything. That's just like, you know, when mm-hmm. you talk, go back to that physical comfort and that comforting in the beginning we talked about, that's that stuff that connects us. That's the whole motivator for your kids to to work with you and to 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 listen and to cooperate. That's everything for cooperation. So you coming back and saying, "I messed up. I'm not perfect, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry." That's awesome. That's a great yeah. thing to do. And I you mean, did not mess them up for life. You- <laughs> oh good. Oh good. Because I mean, that's sort of kind of the family that I grew up with was, you know, as a child, like if, if my mom did lose it on us, it was sort of like, there never was that discussion later of like, and, and, and that's why I always feel bad for my mom in some ways. Cause I always look back and think, God, now that I'm a mom, I'm like, I get it. I know why you used to like lose it on us. Like it is hard, but I'm like, I went, you know, and that's why I decided another reason to join this um, mindful parenting course because I was like, you know what? It's just so sad that we never had that, Mm. um, you know, that, that after look of like saying, geez, you know what guys, I worked a late night shift. My mom was a nurse too. And, and, and saying like, listen, I didn't get home until almost midnight. I had to drive you guys to school. And then I was doing this and I'm sorry, I lost it on you guys. You know, it was like, we hardly ever got that I'm sorry. And so I was like, I just do not want to do that with my kids. I do not want to have them be in fear and think, oh no, how can we like make her happy? Or how can we, you know, make sure that she doesn't get mad and lose it on us, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you're being transparent, you're being human, which is so mm -hmm. good. And if you, yeah, like if you looking back, like if you and your mom, you know, she was doing the best she could with whatever, you know, we all, we all know that, but you know, she could have been, you know, maybe opened up a little bit more. Maybe you would have, you would have understood that it's not right. Also kids tend to say it's all about me, right? You're like, (laughs) Oh, it's all about me. And that was great that also that you told your kids like, Oh, there's all this other stuff happening. It really was banana bread just tipped me over. Right. So it's it's good for them to know that it's not all about them. Um, Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Alicia, this is, yeah. this is, um, I really appreciate you coming on to talk about know. this. You have a lot of insight and a lot of clarity and you're right in the thick of it with two. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh. I mean, so, this has just been so helpful. I mean, like the, the course has been so helpful. I listen to the podcast all the time and I just, I think what you're doing is so amazing because it's just like, it's just so such a relief. I feel like it's been like, um, like a weight off my shoulders whenever mm-hmm. I do listen to you because it's like, yes, like, yes, we are all doing the best that we can. And, and it's just, it's hard. And mm-hmm. I think that listening to, um, 
some of the suggestions are just like, oh my gosh, like I have these moments where I'm like that aha moment. And I'm like, yes, I get it. That's right. That's what I, you know. Yay. You know, oh, so. thank you. I appreciate you telling yeah. me that. But let's look at what, you know, so we talked about your wins, which are awesome and in, in getting the, your meditation practice in. And we talked about mm-hmm. some how to kind of hold those boundaries a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, so what are you going to take away from this conversation and take into your, into your um, life? I would more? say, oh, you know, do you have, you have someone at the door. Oh no, don't worry. <laughs> Just the mailman. Okay. <laughs> just the mailman. Um, you know what I, I think what I want to take away is just the fact that there is another way to address like the discipline. And I think that's a huge thing because I think that's something that I've been running into a lot lately where, you know, so many parents are out there with their sort of ways for discipline and how they think it should be done. And, and these people are my girlfriends, you know, like my, and I'll, I'll give them, I, I tell them about your podcast all the time. Like, listen, you have to listen to her. I'm telling you, you know, but I think what I would say I want to take away is that there are other ways to sort of discipline and that like just having that conversation about even the walking to school and the biking in the neighborhood it's like you know I don't need to be this sort of disciplinarian and be out there and like screaming at my kids and being like no you know you can't walk to school and get in the house and um that there's a different approach in that I think like you said, using empathy to sort of say, like, I'm really sorry. Like today you did lose your privilege with the bike and it's got to go away. And I just want you to be safe. And that's, and I like, again, like how you said, that's my job. Like my job as a parent, and there was a podcast where we, t- another one, not to keep referencing all your podcasts, but <laughs> I took this one. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, that is it. It was talking about, um, treating your own kids as if they were your friend's kids at times. Oh yeah. I love that. I loved that. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like I wouldn't let my, um, my friend, my girlfriend's son be out riding, you know, around the neighborhood without a helmet on and like, Hey, woo, you know, I would pull him aside and say, geez, buddy, like, I'm just so nervous. Like, oh my gosh, like what if something happened to you? You know, but it's funny. Like, that's how I would talk to my neighbor's, you know, child. But if it were my own, I'd be like, get over there and you got to put your helmet on it, you know? And it's like, you step back and think, oh my gosh, like he's not going to be receptive if I approach it that way. Yeah. So he, I need he to, literally I, can't learn because his brain has gone into fight, flight, or freeze. So right. when that happens, they literally can't learn anything. It's just like fear. Right. <laughs> it's fear. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, and so I think that, you know, I just, I feel like knowing that there's a different way to go about the discipline is, this was refreshing because it reminded me again, okay, so today if we have an issue with the rules of like, okay, no, you, you can't go past that neighbor's house and the consequence will be the bike has to go away for, for the afternoon, you know, is in so- that if. Yeah, Alicia, when you talked to him about that this afternoon, right, instead Mm -hmm. of framing it in the negative like that, like, you know, if you can't do it, have a talk with him about explain why it's so important, right, and then say, you know, 
I want you to be able to ride your bike for as long as you can. So I know that when you, when you respect that boundary, I'm, I'll be super psyched to let you ride as much as you can. And I really don't want to have, you know, it would be a shame to have to stop biking because you went over the boundary, right? I want to make sure you're safe. So frame it in the positive, right? You say it so well. I got to write these down. I'll be like, do you mind holding on? Let me just get my index card out of my back pocket. (laughs) Well, Alicia, it has been so fun to talk to you. And I, I really appreciate you sharing um, a little slice of your life and your story with everyone for the podcast. It makes, I know it makes a big difference for, for the listener to hear, you know, real stories and and real challenges. So um, I can't, you know, I can't thank you enough. So yeah, no, of all your help with how to deal with kids because it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's just I was failing and frustrated too, right? There's all these, there's a, there's things to learn. So um, yeah, thank you so much, Alicia, and good luck this afternoon. Thank you so much, Hunter. I appreciate it. All right, bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. I love. Love, love, love that idea of treat your child as if they were your so your friend's child, right? Like, oh, that yeah, self-compassion inside our how we respond to there. ourselves. And this and, idea of how we talk being so important as, as what we say. And it really is, you know, we really do need these two wings to fly, right? We can't just think, oh, I'm just going to say these new things because then when we get triggered, goes out the window. You know, our brain literally bypasses that new knowledge. So we need those mindfulness skills, tools to to ground us, to create that calm and that peace inside so that then we can really respond from an intentional place. So if this is something that you would like to do, if you want help on, if you want to know that you're not alone working and meeting uh, other moms, a sisterhood who would also like to thrive, I invite you to check out the Mindful Mama Transformation Coaching Groups. I may still have spots open and we are enrolling for August through December. And you can learn more about that at mindfulmamamentor.com slash group coaching And if you have questions, I'm happy to hop on the phone and chat with you about it. But it's a small group where we go through uh, a special program to really help you get to that place of thriving. And it really meets you where you are. So we kind of work with, start with where you are and help you bit by bit over time, create the habits and the tools that are going to serve you for the rest of your life. So it makes can make a huge difference. I invite you to check it out at mindfulmamamentor.com slash group coaching. And if you found this episode interesting, if you think the people in your neighborhood, your mom's group or your school will enjoy it and like it, please share it around and make sure you're subscribed and all that good stuff. And All the feedback I get really makes me feel amazing. So thank you. Thank you so much. And and the reviews on iTunes, they make such a huge difference. All that stuff makes a huge difference. So thank you. Thank you for all of that. Keep it coming. Share the podcast around. It makes a big, big difference. And I'm wishing you a beautiful week. I hope you wish you some calm and some groundedness and all of that stuff that we need all 
the time, right? So I wish that for you. I'll be practicing it too. And um, I look forward to connecting with you again next week. Namaste. Are you a mom who wants to feel less stressed and enjoy motherhood more? Do you want to be calmer with your kids and be more present for all of your life? I'm a mom who has gone from really being stressed and yelling when my kids were young to having a more grounded, more at ease relationship with life and having more enjoyable cooperative relationships with my kids. And I've shown hundreds and thousands of women around the world how to do this. And I want to show you how to do it too. So if you are currently feeling stuck or stagnant, this is definitely for you. I've created a free downloadable audible training, Mindfulness for Moms, the superpower you need. And it will show you how to respond rather than react, how to let go of stress and feel more grounded in seconds, how to have a smoother day today and become more present for your kids for a lifetime. To get on on this audio training absolutely free, simply visit the website www.mindfulmomguide.com. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.